What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Hello? Can you hear me? Hey, Elias. Hey. How are you, bud? Good. How you doing? Can you hear me? Good. Sorry I was about a minute late. Somebody was calling me on my other line. Uh, but no, it's, oh, been, it's... it's been way too long. And I know you had a solo project. And unfortunately, I went down to only one Devo a week. And I used to do two Devos a week. So I was never able to get you into my schedule. But I um, oh, got to listen to this track. And you know what was really cool for me? I got to play it um, for my... Um, 15 year old daughter uh, in, in the car. We were, we were driving, driving her to um, her ballet practice. And it was funny how she just, I've taught her to listen to music uh, in a certain way. Like she was listening to the words, asking me what Kyrie eleison meant. And, and I explained, you know, Lord have mercy. And then she was like, and dad, I'm noticing like, like there's um, a seriousness to the song and an urgency to the song which fits the message of the song and i said yes i said that's what gourmet artists do they understand that they need to tie (laughs) i said they need to tie together what they're singing about with the tone of the song and so you know when i use that term gourmet uh, affectionately you know there isn't really a dictionary definition for it it's like regular coffee but better so with that is my kind of that's super kind. That is man. my intro. I'd love to hear from your perspective, kind of the song creation process, because you always have intentionality behind your your writing. But also, I do believe it's a song that's made for this moment that we're in. And of course, I want to talk to you a little bit about that and and some right. of the expositional um, messages, you know, that you believe are are needed in this time. You know, both where they come from biblically and and from your heart as well. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Um, well, man, heck. Uh, so, so the, there's a bit of a short story and a long story. Um, and this goes, this, end, does this end up in type or in audio? I think it ends up in text, right? It ends up in, in type. Yes. Yeah. Okay, cool. Um, yeah. So, so the long, the short story is that, uh, Zach and I met, um, at, at church one morning, I'm, I'm no longer part of that church, so it's not relevant to the story. But um, but we met at church and then got you know decided to get together and write. And uh, Zach from Citizens, of course, he had been part of uh, Mars Hill, 
and with, right. with Mark Driscoll and and all of that. Um, he had been a pretty pretty crucial part of that church in, on the worship side. Um, and I, I hadn't really talked about it, but the reality is I had had a similar, albeit uh, much smaller scale. Uh, experience where, you know, Zach and I had a lot in common. So uh, this was back in Canada at my youth group and my youth pastor. And the long story short is that he ended up um, just kind of, you know, it turned out that he misled a lot of people in a bunch of ways and his family kind of struggled as a result. And he ended up going through a pretty, pretty, hard divorce and it hit him really hard. And then some, anyway, a lot of that's private really, but it was just sort of one of those right. things, where, you know, he was a very strong personality, very commanding, kind of domineering even. Um, but also all the complexity of what it is when a person who calls people to greatness ultimately disappoints them, you know, like they say, never meet your heroes, right? Well, what if, yeah. what if you, what if you grew up with them? And then as an adult, it suddenly turns out that you're the adult in the room for a season, you know? Um, and so, so Zach and I really hit it off and we were talking about all of this and I'd had this Kyrie Eleison uh, kind of melody and, and idea uh, kicking around for, for almost two years. Really, it started to come up in my head and I started to kind of wrestle through it when there were so many things going on around uh, really race issues over the last few years. And then Zach and I started talking about this. We were like, man, it's kind of crazy how many areas there are at the moment where the church and we Christians are publicly acting out in ways that just aren't reflections of who it is we say we are and who it is we say we wish to be like, you know? Um, and yeah. so it was really this, and, and that was true for us too. I mean, I, I had the benefit of being 10 years removed from my, uh, you know, more harmful experiences in the church, Zach, four or five years himself. And so we were kind of in this place of like looking back on it all, um, it was hurtful. There's a lot that comes from that. But at the same time, like, you kind of hope that you can figure out how to move on as followers of Jesus from holding up a single person as being the embodiment of Jesus to us and, and look to Christ. And, and through that, I mean, that, the Kyrie is this ancient prayer. It's been around forever and ever. Um, it's Greek. I mean, it refers to Christ and, and the Lord and the idea of coming to worship through mercy. It's sometimes part of confession. And so there's this sense of like this. The reality is we come to worship not because our hero is amazing or we didn't make mistakes. But every time we come, we come because of Christ's mercy. And I, you know, it is the kindness of God that enables us to be before God and a part of the family of God. And so often we hold up these heroes and they disappoint us, or we, we hold up ourselves and our self-righteousness, but we're ultimately hypocritical. And so as you look at 
the failures of leadership in the church is you look at the failures of the church in our own society and in our communities when it comes to issues of, of justice and unity. unity. Um, I think we're sort of in this place of going, you know, man, we, we need to a reset in our starting point away from self-righteousness and kind of moral superiority in a sense to the message of Jesus, which appears to be have mercy on us. Mm. Yeah. Amen to that. I, I totally agree. And um, by the way, I, uh, full disclosure, I have interviewed Zach probably almost as many times as I interviewed you over the years. Um, oh, wow. Yeah. These same, for these song based um, behind the song devotional discussions. So yeah. I do have, some of that context and knowing, you know, you can connect to that, you know, when, and this is a, this is what I think is an interesting um, quote that I had um, heard from a worship leader who I think he was quoting another worship leader. So I think it's sort of appropriate for me to pass it on to you and to, and to Zach, frankly. And he said, and I believe it was Paul Balash was quoting Brenton Brown saying as a worship leader you can't take somebody somewhere you haven't been yourself and mm. i really resonated with that concept because the idea there in a nutshell is don't be a hypocrite right like don't try to lead somebody somewhere if you don't believe it yourself and right. don't try to you know sing about god's goodness if you haven't experienced it or if you don't know how to um truly express it and in this case the truth of what you're saying here about it's mercy we need you know i think has a few different layers of application but i like that there's a personal layer of application you know then there's sort of a church layer of application and then there's sort of a world layer of application you know so i think you've kind of started sharing me some of the personal layer of application let's talk a little bit more about the church layer like in a lot of ways, don't you suppose that's the first place we need to get it right? Um, and uh, I imagine yeah, that's I a lot so. of yeah. your subject for this song, right? Yeah, I mean, I, I think, I mean, we're in a deeply politicized age. Now, the reality is the gospel is, in a sense, political. Um, we're saying Christ is Lord. What's more political than that, you know? Um, but but I think at the same time, we have this tendency to make the gospel politically subservient. So it's sort of second to some other entity, you know, and I, and I, and I think it's important as we look at how do we go about being the church in the world and how do we go about being Christians in the world to stop letting the lines in the sand drawn by somebody else to define what we're going to do. So if it's a question of has the church been flawless in its execution of racial justice the the obvious answer is no right like like we we have participated in being i mean i think martin luther king jr called it the most divided hour on in america right i mean that that remains yeah. the case and and so you know at the very least whatever your position on what the solutions might be it, surely the discussion has to start with confession what what is more Christian than confession and repentance? <laughs> so I'm sort of like, right. it's, and so as we look at the last few years, I can't say that I look at 
our church's responses to these issues and see humility, mercy, and confession in the individuals or really corporately. It's not the message we're putting across. And I really think it ought to be. And I think that's true on, on a host of issues when it comes to these things. You know, we're, we're all about the big talk, but it just seems like we're kind of wrestling to say, hey, you know, maybe, maybe we've really done some things wrong and we got to work out how to get where we want to go from here. But to me, time and time and time again, we're called as Christians to repent. And if you look at Revelation, the, you know, and the letters of Paul to the churches, there's obviously a sense for corporate repentance and corporate confession as well. And yet, in evangelical churches at least, it really seems like something we've sort of let slide, both at an individual and a corporate level. We don't do individual confession and we don't do corporate confession. So both, in both cases, our sins are all secrets. Yeah, exactly. So that, that unfortunately allows hypocrisy to fester, right? Like, I think that's, that's a little bit of what even verse 1 to me looks like it's now that you know you pull back that curtain for me and i get a better sense of picture of that um right holding somebody up and then letting you down you know and then also i like the confession because you really you are practicing what you're suggesting there you're confessing right away and don't hold me up because i'll do the same thing right and i think right. i think it is important to to as you said start there and then also basically rely on God's mercy only um, to help us overcome that weakness. Like there's nothing we're going to be able to perform our way out of, of that problem. Um, as you said, it's actually going to be transparency and acknowledging it. That's going to be the, the way to uh, overcome it, so to speak. Um and that is actually the message of the gospel. So if we're going to be light bearers, we actually have to first start by doing it internally. And by the way, this is actually a theme I really, I, you know, I think I intuitively knew it when I was listening to the song, even before I read anything about the song, um, mm. that that was what the song is actually about. And it made right. me all the more interested in unpacking it with you because I know from our years of conversations this is your heart. Your heart is both as a worshiper, as a worship leader for the church and for the world, you know, to be a light bearer of what you understand the gospel to be, <laughs> not maybe the watered down version um, that sometimes we are taught. So, so from that perspective, kind of, I, I think I have a good feel for the internal part, the church part, the personal part for the world. What do you think we could be you know, using words like this to be challenging us to be thinking about better doing to be that those light bearers I just talked about. Right. Well, I mean, I think it's interesting because you look at the release of the rise and fall of, of Mars Hill podcast. Uh, when we wrote yeah. this song, I had no idea that was going to be coming out. In fact, the trailer and the first episode, I believe, came out uh, two days after the writing session for this song. So it didn't know. Oh, wow. And um, it, was just, it was just coincidence, really. Um, or maybe the spirit. I don't know. But nevertheless, there we were. And, and 
Um, I, the, the sheer reach of that podcast and its topic at hand, I think suggests just how close to home the idea of our failure of leadership and modeling in society runs yeah. um, or hits. I think the church ha- has held itself up as, um, as, as this ideal. And we often are guilty of defending ourselves as if the ideal we hold up is the truth about us. Like only the best parts of us are true or something like that. Um, and so I think in some ways, I don't know that the whole thing segments very well. In other words, I don't know that it's a compartmentalization thing. My, my youth pastor who, you know, while we don't have a close relationship now, um, one thing he did really, really well, despite his mistakes, um, one thing he did really, really well was say to us, hey, don't follow me. I'm a man. Follow me. Follow me in as much as I follow Christ. He kind of quoted Paul in that. You know, awesome. do, what I, do what I do as it looks like Jesus. And I think if we as the church were to adopt a posture which says, I'm here because of mercy. And so I extend that same mercy to you to say, follow us as we follow Jesus. I think that's a very different posture than political protests that, um, by that I want to be really clear, um, I think the church has often fallen on the wrong side of the line here. You can include that or not in your thing. But like, you know, protesting, sure. protesting political issues, and by that I mean, say, immigration or something, and going like the one that was happening yesterday, between you and I, man, that's an embarrassment. Like you can say what you say what you want about it, but a bunch of Christians marching with M16s singing Amazing Grace is about the worst possible optic I can imagine. Like I can't I can't think of something that looks less like Jesus. Now it's not to say Jesus right. wouldn't have hurt or any of that. I'm not necessarily saying that stuff. It's just more that like, come on, guys. <laughs> like, <laughs> I, 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 you don't see anything resembling that at all in the New Testament or the first 400 years of the church. And so there's just this really strange disconnect between Christian subculture and the mercy of Jesus being the only means by which we come to Jesus. You know? Um, yeah, amen. And, and I think you're getting, you're, you're exactly where I was wanting to take the application because, you know, certainly I'm, I do want to exhort the church itself. Right. But that has to start with the individual that has to start with the, uh, the personal, um, you know, introspection and then the confession, but to your point of then, what does it look like? Right. You know, that old um, hymn, they'll know we are Christians by our love. You know, I feel like we've gone, we've, we've gone a long way from that uh, in, in the example you just gave, but then there's also maybe a little bit too much meekness. Um, And I think that's our secondary problem. Um, I think the primary problem is example you just gave, but the secondary problem is the keeping it to yourself because you just want to go along to get along. I would Mm. say that also doesn't look like the gospel. Um, (laughs) So I think there's somewhere 
somewhere we need to be that we're not being at the moment, (laughs) which is more of like a righteous indignation because we actually do know what is right and wrong. And we shouldn't allow culture to hijack that there is no such thing as right and wrong. It's all relative because then we're into the, uh, the time of the judges where everybody did what was right in their own eyes. And Right. I don't yeah. think that's what we're called. I don't think that's what we're called to as Christians. No, I think you're right. I think the tricky part with that is that I mean, it says right in Corinthians that that um, I'd have to, I'd have to re- grab the reference at the moment, but we certainly cannot, as the church, expect people who are not the church to uphold the gospel or the way of Jesus. We hold each other as Christians to the way of Jesus, and then by right. by so modeling. Um, and I mean, that's, I, I'd have to, I actually want to grab that passage now that we're on the phone. Um, uh, yeah, that, you're right. That I is think, a passage we should reference. Yeah. Uh, where was it? Um, basically he says something like, should we, should we, exp- oh, where is it? He sort of says something to the effect of, um, should we expect the world to act like Christians Basically, he says, certainly not. Yeah, great. That's a, that's a great point. Um, because they don't know the truth yet, right? So, so this so is First Corinthians. Standard. Exactly. Yeah, First Corinthians 5.12. This is Paul to the okay. church in Corinth. What business is it of mine to judge those outside the church? And then in the ESV, he says, is it not those inside the church whom you are to judge? (laughs) So that's that's a perfect application of the Lord have mercy concept, because the idea is it's not it's not up to us to be holier than thou to those who don't have the truth. We have to hold each other accountable to the truth that we're being taught. And make sure yes. it's only truth we're teaching. That's that seems right. to actually be to me at the root of this song is it should only be truth that we're clinging to, not personalities, not flawed leaders, not flawed individuals. Well, and I th- and I, th- and I think that's right. true. I think it's true in as much as truth is anchored and centered in the person of Jesus, because there's a. Yeah. There, it, it can be tempting to say, well, truth with a capital T means literally anything I can grab or cherry pick from the Bible as though it's not a book with the beginning, middle and end. And, or nevertheless, a library with different books within it, which mean different things and are doing different things. Right. And so you end up with this kind of theological um, hand grenade thing sometimes. And so I, I think that's the thing that like, when we see Jesus, we see the best picture of God that's in John. When, you know, when Jesus says, what does it boil down to? It boils down to love God with your whole, every fiber and every domain of your life and love your neighbor as yourself. We've got Paul saying, don't judge the world, look at each other and call each other on to be reflections, image bearers of Christ. We've got the early church saying that the, the, that, the Christian faith is a way, not simply a set of beliefs. And it seems like in my lifetime, in the last, I mean, I'm almost 40, but in the last 30 years since the 80s, it seemed quite a bit as though the expectation on Christians is, is, a, is a positional reality, 
that then asks nothing of us in terms of the reality of being reflections, miniature Jesuses in the world. And, and that's where that mercy, if let's just say for a second that in Genesis one, when God so made the world that his expectation was that we might be bearers of his image, just as Christ was a bearer of his image as we see in John. So there's this sense in which it's like, well, well maybe we've made it about something when in reality, as far as us facing the world, us facing government, us facing whatever, um, it seems clear that what we're to do is display mercy. And I don't know how we display mercy if mercy isn't our starting point. So that's sort of why I don't, I don't push back on the idea that truth is the starting point. I, I, but, I, but I do want to say, well, it depends. If we come to truth from the standpoint of weaponizing truth, then it's a horrible starting point. No, if we come, I, well, so obviously my my context is a little different, and I, and I don't disagree. Um, I'm talking about exactly what you're talking about, which is truth. We can say yes and amen to in context, right? Like the verse right. you just gave, and I'll and I'll just because I think it's pretty clear in reading the lyrics. Micah five eight is clearly yes. like part of the truth we're talking about, right? Yeah. So mm-hmm. I'm not. You and I aren't cherry picking Micah five eight. I think what you're doing there is you're aligning with the teaching yeah. of Micah five eight for totally. for today's for today's audience versus Micah's audience, right? Oh so, yeah, well, and I've, so I've, I've always well, been Amos five too. I mean, and I know people say yeah. like there's so much emphasis put on the gathering, which is important and valuable, but if we're insisting on gathering, and there's a very public example of that happening lately. Um, fighting for the right to gather, and I'm not going to speak into that just yet, but fighting for the right to gather while fighting against people who have, I think, a fair point to say, hey, we've been pretty mistreated in society. I, that seems like Amos 5, it seems like the point of Amos 5 on display. <laughs> We're insisting on our, literally insisting on our public celebrations while, not, while trying to prevent in some cases uh, some serious effort to make things right or, or allow people to, to, you know, live at peace and unity as a society or even as the church. And so I, I think there's, there's just kind of this real disconnect that I'm increasingly uncomfortable with. And, it, and I'll admit, if you're talking about political divides, it happens on both sides, man. I mean, it's not just that, but it's, it's sort of this like strange moment to me where I think of that kind of first Corinthians five twelve thing where it's like, man, I really no, feel I, thank you for bringing that verse to my attention. Cause I think I would have focused my Bible study a slightly different way. So I appreciate that. Um, yeah. And I think you're convicting yeah. me to focus my Bible study more on that as an anchor verse uh, mm-hmm. relative to the, to the application and then move on to the verses people are more familiar with. Because yeah. if I only stick with the ones people are familiar with, I'm guilty of doing that cherry picking you're talking about. So, but just thinking out loud about it, like I think the thing for on a personal level for Zach and I both, um, I'm not saying, so there's a tricky, there's a tricky line here, right? Because when it comes to toxic leadership and, you know, movements, which uh, do not embody the way of Jesus as we see it in the New Testament, at least, right? Both of which exist. Right. Um, 
there is a degree of healthy conversation that simply needs to happen. So we don't want to be guilty of like being dismissive of those things as though, well, it really starts with me. Like I can't fix them. So I'm the problem, which is on a level true. If someone holds me up as their flawless hero, theologically or personally, I will disappoint them. Like that is an absolute fact. I am a hypocrite. Right. I mean, that's, that's, I, don't, I don't wish I were a hypocrite. I would like to be better than I am, but I am one, right? And so, so there's sort of this like kind of weird reality of like, hey, that's kind of the cent- that's central to the gospel is that we are simultaneously image bearers of Christ, each and every one of us, who fail to bear his image terribly well. 100%. And that's the first place to acknowledge our hypocrisy, right? Like that's literally the place to start because as you had pointed yep. out, the name Christian is supposed to be a reflection of, of Christ, who, who is the only sinless example we have Exactly. To look at to, so, right. so to your point of anyone else's teaching being what we point to, especially in an out of context way, then we're yeah. really being overly sinful because we're actually twisting God's word in many ways, exactly. which is completely, which is not at all what we're called to do. Oh and actually, man, what Amen. I do like, yeah, and what I'm what I'm actually uh, inspired by too is I have to admit I actually interviewed Zach. Uh, while he was at Mars Hill back like over 10 years ago, probably 11 years ago, while wow. he was not, while his eyes were not yet open to what his eyes are open to now. And so this idea of being an X 29 church and like what that meant and what the songs he was creating at that time were reflecting were not necessarily wrong. It was just the leader. So that's what yeah. I find interesting. But I don't, I'm not going to have to go back and purge any of those interviews from the website right. for, for false teaching. It's just the person, not the message. And I think right. that's also a good takeaway. Right. Like that if you adhere to, cause I like how in um, you and I've talked about um, a couple songs uh, well, mountaintop specifically, we talked about, and I do believe we talked about. I have a dream, also, and I feel like what we tried to do there, both of us, in honoring the teachings of Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. and the biblical teachings that those were based on, was again, it wasn't about that Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. was sinless or anything. Right. Yeah, right. There were there were things he said and and maybe did in his personal life that we probably wouldn't want to hold up. Right. But his, his, his words were a reflection of, of Christ's teaching. And that's what you and I are resonating with. And I, that's what I like. I like that. Yeah. I like that if we sort of are more discerning, like the way my pastor always says it, and I always like this way he says it is be a Berean, right? Like that, the, the church of Berea was apparently, um, commended for studying whether what that person was teaching them was actually accurate <laughs> based on right. based on the word of god and and i think you're sort of saying the same thing and i'm saying the same thing which is let's just be a little bit more discerning so that we are not led astray and that we don't lead others astray and i think i think that's the beauty of 
of truth. Um, and again, exactly. not as your point, capital T, every single thing taken out of context, but truly in a everything Jesus said, we can right. say yes and amen to. And a lot of what Jesus said is very, very challenging. And, and we might be skipping over that because we find it too challenging to talk more about the things we find more comforting. And that's not at all what being a Christian is about. Exactly. Well, and it actually, it's funny because the sort of like us and them divide, I think, characterizes the moment reasonably well. But it, it, I can't think of anything yeah. that sounds less Christian than that. I mean, it's not to say that, right. that, we're, that, that there's not an us and them in the sense that there are people who are inside the church and inside Christ and people who are not and that sort of thing. I, I don't mean that. But actually, it reminds me of something Zach said as we were talking about the song. Um, and we, of course, it was all written down so I can read it here. But he said, um, imagine how different the church could look if we valued the hard work of cultivating true friendship while desiring and expecting the same for our leaders. At the core of so many church leadership failures is the belief that we are better, we are stronger, and no one knows what it's like to be me. But what if instead, it, it, what if instead it was, we are one, we are weak, and we need each other? That would be something worth giving our lives to, no matter the cost. I just love that, because I think that's, that, that's sort of why I think it's so crucial for us to remember that the central claim of Christianity is grace and mercy. Yeah, amen. And I think that is, a, again, a Bible study I enjoy doing for a variety of reasons. I think it, it aligns with, you know, one, my own personal testimony, which is the irrefutable evidence I have for the, the truth of God's word. Um, but that also means I have to acknowledge the flaws, the mistakes, the hypocrisy, like you said, the confession. And then, okay, what from God's word could we be refined by? Um, what could we be um, exhorted by? What could we be sanctified by? And mm -hmm. then ultimately, what is the the bridge we can all cross over on? And that is mercy. It is grace and mercy. That's it. That is the only bridge we can cross on. There's nothing mm -hmm. a, a person, uh, a, a worship leader, um, a devotional writer, there's nothing any of us can do without that. And mm -hmm. I think that is the moment we're also in because the, the divide in different camps that people are in also can't be, be crossed with right. uh, actually kind of, again, false rhetoric. It needs to be crossed with something real and mm -hmm. something solid. Um, and I think that's unfortunately what we're in. We're in like an information warfare age more than anything else I think we're in. Yeah. And Right. What, and what I'm finding um, disheartening um, is, is that the gospel should be the thing that should shine through all of that. Um, and I feel like we're getting ourselves a little too, as the church, for example, um, hung up on things that don't actually matter in, in an eternal way. Um, and they don't matter for people's uh, eternal um situation either and again well, it's and not up to us to be, yeah 
sometimes I think it's like, you know, you, you think of the nation of, of Israel in exile in Babylon. I mean, they were told to plant gardens, to make Babylon better. What was good for Babylon was good for them. And so I think it's mm. also, there, there is something to be said, something very significant to be said for coming at this holistically. So to say like, if, we, if we're going to talk about the eternal while making the, the temporal horrible, I don't know that we've quite rightly understood the eternal either. You know, it's, 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 not, it's not that we're talking about an escapism of sorts. We're, we're looking at the world and saying, as the church, we are people who are responsible for being heaven on earth. Which, and, and that ought oh, to agreed. have and I, I, implications I, in our I was referring. I was referring more to getting hung up on political disputes as, oh, opposed, yeah, yeah, to, yeah. Right. Uh, as opposed to the more eternal reality, to your point, of the kingdom of God. Yes, you're exactly right. We're, right, right, right. we're talking about the same thing for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's amazing. That's great. Yeah. And so I think that's the thing that like I, I there's a there's a hundred different ways in which um, at the moment it really feels like we're, we're as the church collectively way. And I think this is what you were saying way more concerned with being more right than the world than we are with being Jesus to the world. Like, I, I guess I just don't, I, I don't see anywhere where that's the instruction we're given in the new Testament at all. And, and we hang up on, no, go ahead. Well, you know, it's not, you're right. We, we're too narcissistic um, for, for all the wrong reasons. And I don't quite exactly. understand it because it, it's like a, that whole idea of, of trolling people or owning people seems right. to be more the desire than loving people. And oh, yeah. I'm with you. That love, love, along with grace and mercy, is that bridge we could be right. laying down. That's what we could be doing. Yeah. Yes. How, how, can, how can a club, if you will, you know, not to reduce it, how can a club on which membership requires admitting you're kind of a horrible failure become yeah, so right. self-righteous? <laughs> well, I think it's the story of the Pharisees, right? Like they weren't yeah. necessarily truly heart converted. They weren't heart converted. They just were performing. Um, and there's wow. actually, yeah. sadly, there, there's sadly an even worse eternity for them than, as you know, for the thief on the cross who did nothing right until the very, very end. And yeah. 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 I think that's the, so, that's the sobering lesson is yeah. you can live as the thief on the cross and spend eternity in paradise. Or you could have lived in the church your whole life and spend eternity weeping and, and gnashing of teeth, wailing and gnashing of teeth. And God tells you in a sobering way, Jesus tells us in a sobering way that that is true, that that's the reality. So no one has the right to be self-righteous. No one. That's like right, literally exactly. the opposite of God. Yeah. Yep. Uh, yeah. Us, us to, the, to the world ought to be as servants us to each other ought to be calling each other from level ground to be better lights to the world of kindness, mercy, and love. And I just don't know that that's the moment we're in and and it really ought to be. And so that's really what this song is. We were, we tried to grab Kyrie, which is of course a really old liturgical 
uh, thing. I mean, it's used by Catholics and has been. And actually, yep. funny enough, um, funny enough, it's actually a uh, an appropriation of a political. So it, I, I read that the Kyrie, the song that is used in Catholic liturgy, um, was actually used in Roman practice prior to being Christianized. Hmm. Oh, cool. So it's, 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 which is pretty cool, I think. Um, but, but to me, I'm thinking, man, that it, it, there's this sense in which like, we come to Jesus simply because of mercy. We come to worship simply because of mercy. We are the church simply because of mercy. And, and it's sort of this like, just, wow, we really do need to center ourselves, as you said it, ourselves, our communities, and our posture to the world as one of confession, knowing we come in mercy and being merciful ourselves. Yeah, and that's a, that is a, an important message, and it's one we can't stop uh, holding ourselves accountable to and challenging both the church to start um, and then eventually displaying uh, mm-hmm. through through our through our interactions um, that that's what we're about. That's if we want to call it our club. That's our club. Yeah, um, and that's a club yeah. that should be very open and appealing to people. And and not one that people look at and go, yeah, I want no part of that. Because here's the thing that that all this dissension has created. Um, right. I guess Bar- Barna has done some studies since the start of 2020 till now, and I believe we now have like 30 percent less church attendance. Um, now, here's my initial take on that. Just so you know, I would say that's a, a that is a sifting of the wheat and the tares. Right. Because mm. how could you be an actual Christian and decide you no longer are part of a church? Well, I think it depends on like if you if all you've ever known. And I, and I mean, I'm obviously not in that group, but but if all you've ever known is someone saying, be like me. And then when they're when push comes to shove, the person they're revealed to be seems nothing like the things that they've taught. I can understand. Well, then you should find a different church. Well, then you should. No, I, yeah, I don't, I I'm not saying you should. I, I agree with you. Right. I agree with you. I agree with you. But I'm saying I also can understand how somebody can say, "I went to three, four churches. Wow, this is what we are now. This is what we are." And I mean, and so there's sort of this. I can understand the tension. Now, is there a lot to do intellectually with that? Sure, but I think like people talk about deconstruction right now a lot. Right. I mean, the reality is that word means different things to different people. And some people are using it to mean leaving the church. Some people are using it to mean what you described, sifting beliefs which anchor us to Christianity versus beliefs which might not actually be Christian that we've adopted some other reason. Right. And so so I think there's something to be said for that in a healthy way. To me, some of what people are calling deconstruction, again, not a lot, not all of it. But some of what people are calling it is just discipleship. It's just getting, getting closer and closer to the truth and eschewing and, and letting off beliefs which aren't the truth as we know it in Jesus. And there's plenty of those that people ought to be doing. And, I, I, and so there's, there's, I think there's, and this is one of those areas where we ought to be careful not to demonize 
people who are rightly calling churches to task because it ends up, I'm not saying you're doing this, by the way, just to be really clear. Um, it's just, I've yeah, seen yeah. plenty of it, right? It's just sort of this like, oh, now you've left it all behind. Well, it's like, well, maybe, maybe the idea that like, oh, I want nothing to do, like you said a few minutes ago, the fact that people want nothing to do with the church ought to be a really sobering reality. Well, that's where I'm going with it. Exactly. Yeah. I'm not looking at that as a good thing uh, because, because what I'm saying is possibly they were never teaching the true gospel. Therefore mm. there was nothing, nothing to, um, for Cling them to. to be interested in and staying connected to. So that's some of the sifting I'm referring to is what are we talking about? You know, right. what are we, what are we, what are we telling like, are people? we trying to do, yeah, are we doing like feel good three point outlines, um, right. self help kind of stuff, or is it or is it focused on the gospel, right? So that's my first challenge. By the way, it's a challenge for the church. The second yep. one has a little bit to do with self identification, self identification as Christian as an identity. That's the other thing that is dropping, which again I think is interconnected with: Are they just being put off by? the way the church is portraying the gospel. And I share your concern for that. Um, I just became a grandfather. My oldest daughter had my first granddaughter recently. And I look to these next couple generations. I'm going to kind of see as long as I'm here. And I don't want to see this deterioration continue. So I do believe we're in a moment where we need to get it right. We need to go yeah, back it feels, to... It feels Someone said yesterday, it feels like a new reformation or something. Like there's something brewing yeah. and we're not at the final answer yet, you know? Um, right. right. So it's sort of wild to be. Because right, if we just keep, keep allowing circumstances to define the church, then we're going to fail. Um, yeah, it's a race. There needs to be basically a, re a return back to the core, which, so going back to, as you said, a Roman you know, political phrasing that became a, that became a church phrasing is a great example of going back to the core, right? The core of the teaching of the church is something as basic as Lord have mercy, right? That we need to both say it, believe it and practice it. Um, exactly. And so, so I'm and, excited. And um, exactly. Yes. Of our need for it. <laughs> Uh, exactly. daily mercies uh are, his mercies are new every morning so i love it um elias and thank you because you took me down so many other paths i didn't even know we would go down Sorry, i love man. that about our conversation <laughs> over the years no no i love that we've had that relationship with each other over the years yeah. because to your point of it being a written article much of this can just stay on the cutting room floor but will yep. inform my writing and i feel like that makes me better able to um, get to the heart of what you're singing about. Um, awesome. And potentially, you know, reviewing potentially your new record, you know, we can kind of keep this conversation going. Um, so I, I take that pretty seriously that it's, it's my role to be a deeper listener and not a surfacey listener back to my initial comment for something oh, I consider more on the gourmet gourmet level versus that surfacey level. Cause there are some songs I listen to. And that's that I think, to be honest, I think, yeah, <laughs> no, sorry, go ahead. 
Well, some songs don't have enough depth for me to even worry about asking about because it's like, oh yeah, okay, I, I understand what's happening yeah. here. This was a workshop yeah, song yeah. in in Nashville. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, dude. Yeah. Well, and that's and that's something that like it's interesting now. Speaking to your comments about review, um, like this record, my first record was like getting scratching itches and muscles that being in a band didn't allow me to scratch. And, and I think right. in a big way, kind of trying to figure out when I'm not in a band, what's my voice. And I can't say I did a terribly good job. I'm grateful that enough did well, but um, my joke is that enough did well enough. Um, but yes, it's, uh, I get it. I get it. yeah, but, but the, um, this record uh, has been a, you know, a long process and a very transparent one with Brent and I literally going, okay, what does it look like? I'm independent now by choice. Thankfully um, I'm independent and it's working and we've got a lot to say and really not very many people to stop me from saying it, <laughs> you know? So it's sort of like, and I think there's a right. growing group of people who are eager for us to be earnest, you know? And and to be yeah. to be more yeah. more earnest than we are capitalists by far, um, and so I think that this record, you know, that there's a lot of this bled through this whole album. I mean, it is, you know, a, a, a worship album that, to me at least, is as as all on the table as it can be, and, and much more focused in terms of voice and stuff like that compared to the first record. So I'm, I'm excited if you're going to be, if you end up reviewing and I'm really excited to hear what you think about it when it's all done. Yeah, no. When, uh, when can we expect um, the rest of it? I didn't, we're uh, down I to the date. No, no, we're down to two. We're still working on production on two songs and we keep, we keep setting a date and then someone gets COVID basically. So sure. it's been, it's, just been this kind of covid roulette process but i i'm expecting we'll be going april may at this point and and okay yeah no yeah. um that's good timing because i'm going to get this posted in march i believe um and oh. then ideally if there's another song that we could re we could cover or even if i just get to hear more songs yeah. Then, oh yeah, yeah that'd be yeah. an awesome starting off point for me to be able to tie together some of these thoughts that you're you're having um in a review because our review format is also you know because of people's attention span and all that um we've 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 narrowed it down to some kind of key things we're listening for and Mm -hmm. what i'm liking about it is both what i've been doing for going on this is my 15th year for the website i just posted my 1104th uh devotional today um Is I've been doing a weekly song-based Bible study for 15 years, and now we're in more of a singles world than an albums world. When I like when I started, and this whole delay of when albums come out, so therefore there's not even really a release date focus as much anymore. It's more of a right. a music a catalog of music focus has actually fit everything I've been doing. It's almost, you know, the Lord clearly like aligned the way I've been writing with the way this industry has been going almost better now than it was when I started. Cause I'm not, 
I'm not caught up in street week publicity uh, right. and nor is anybody else anymore. <laughs> so, no, you know, so now everything, yeah, now, yeah. No, sorry, go ahead. Well, no, everything is now revolving around story and connection and, and yeah. song and quality of song. And I would think that should suit you well, because to me, what you've always brought to the table is somebody who's methodical and thoughtful uh, in your creation of a song. And therefore I'm intrigued to hear more of that. That's where, that's where I was going. Hey man, that, that's, that's super kind. I, that, that means the world to me, seriously. I, no, I, uh, no, you're welcome. I mean, I knew that. I knew that from the first. I mean, obviously, Manifesto, I believe, was the first song we talked about. But even probably. that is a great example of it, and that probably is the best, a good example of that. But everything we talked about since then, I felt just kind of went deeper and deeper and deeper, and so does this. So this is for me, you know, what I have come to cherish about your music. So, yeah, I'm excited about us getting to spend this much time today about this song, you know, what the Lord um, puts on my heart to, to include, um, which I'm sure, you know, you'll be comfortable with and where we go, where we go from here as a partnership so I can help get the word out um, about what you're doing. Uh, Cause I, I support it. I support, support, support everything you're saying and everything you're doing and look forward to hearing more. For sure. Awesome. Yeah. Well, I, I so appreciate you and uh, appreciate you taking the time today. It's been really fun to chat with you again. You as well. I remember uh, getting to host you when you guys came to creation, when we went and got to sing yes. for the kids and the youth group and, and all that. So I, I hope we one day get to return to that kind of stuff. But that while we're in yeah. this environment, we'll just keep doing, we'll keep doing this kind of thing in the meantime. And uh, <laughs> I'll do what I can to, to further our partnership. But until we do, you know, get to either talk again or maybe even one day see each other again, all the best to you and God bless. Awesome. You too, man. It's great, great to hear your voice and we'll chat again soon. Awesome. Thanks, Elias. Take care. All right. Bye-bye. Cheers. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. You need parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Auto Parts.